freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your first look for the Olympic Games. That's something I don't get to say too often. Joining me to break it all down, Sia Najad is here. Sia, welcome. Yeah, Rick, and we weren't sure we were going to have these Olympic Games, so it's even better and even sweeter to get to watch this this week, so I'm super excited about it. And we waited five years from the last one. So this is uh, a long time coming. I'm excited. There are some things we'll need to talk about, but also rounding out our crew for today is Greg Ducharme. Greg, it's the Olympics. It's the Olympics. I'm, I'm, uh, I am getting a little more and more excited as time goes on. I feel like the Olympics has been this drama that's kind of stood out throughout the entirety of the year for so many di- uh, going back to last year for so many different reasons and it's finally time to take a look at the play right see who's actually going to play my hope is the drama with um you know players withdrawing and i'm calling it drama whatever you want to call that that topic of conversation hopefully is ending and hopefully we don't have we we don't hear about it again and our field our final field is set and these 60 uh whatever it is 60 or 59 players um end up end up uh finishing the event as of right now, 59, we'll talk about that in just one second. But the format, Sia, is something we actually see fairly often on the PGA Tour. It's a, it's a no-cut event. 59 or 60 golfers, we'll talk about that in just a moment. 72 holes, it's stroke play. Uh, so there is uh, you know, no threat of missing the cut. Very little threat of a DQ or a WD. I guess we'll see, but generally guaranteed four rounds for this event. Yeah, so it'll be, I mean, it's not going to be a foreign setup to anybody that watches golf, which is kind of cool. So uh, other than the, you know, just the the cut issue or the lack of a cut. So yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny because I think when people think of the Olympics, they're just assuming it's going to be different, some sort of like really different kind of quirky setup. But no, this is 59 golfers as of now, just going out for four rounds and whoever has the best score at the end of four, well, that's your winner. That's your gold medalist and down the line. The best score at the end of four. Oh, I like that. Ooh, that does have a ring to it, right? I have, I've heard um, a lot of complaints may be strong, but I've heard a lot of, I, I'll call them complaints. Complaints saying that the format is just the wrong kind of format and we see this too much and it needs to be something different. But if you think about the purpose of the Olympics, deciding who's going to be a gold medalist, who's going to uh, you know, be the... I guess the idea is the best golfer in the world. Um, you're determining the gold medalist stroke play for four rounds seems to be the best setup that we have. And I think in, in all of our experience with professional golf, we ultimately find out that the best way to determine the best player is through stroke play over 72 holes. Um, have you, so- have you asked the critics, Greg, what, what format they would like? Mm, well, a, a lot of it, they, they never yeah. have a solution. These people no, bring up things. No. I'm, I'm definitely guilty of this. Yeah. <laughs> you want, you whine and complain without a solution. Right. It, uh, that's a big rules violation. Uh, in, in my, you got to have a solution. So one, I'm not really complaining about it. Right. Um, but I think it, some, the, the ask from people seems to be a, a team, some kind of a team format where the team actually carries weight and the players from the U S have to play together. Because there's really no team aspect to it. There's the uh, Tommy Fleetwood and Paul Casey from England. They don't have to know each other. They don't have to try. They they basically just go out and play under the same flag. But they but it means nothing. 
um, because it's just an individual event. So I I guess I see where they're coming from on that front. I guess we'll see. Try again in three more years and see what happens. Uh, Okay. Kasumi Gaseki Country Club. See, if you remember back to Rio, a course was actually constructed specifically for the Olympics. I believe it was a Gil Hans design. Uh, you know, they it took them whatever, however long to do. They built it. Not the case this time around. This course is basically 100 years old, but it was redesigned by Tom Fazio about five years ago to modernize it a little bit, to make it longer, significantly longer than they normally played. It'll play about seven. 2,400 yards. The Fazios uh, added about 500 yards to it. And they did something that is pretty unique because if you remember, if you think back to the Zozo Championship, a lot of these Japanese courses have two greens on every single hole because of, I don't know. Uh, the way that the uh, weather can affect the strains of grass. You play one green in the summer and one green in the winter because they're two different types of grass. The Fazios came in and made those two greens into one. So kind of an interesting redesign and an interesting challenge that they had on their hands. Yeah, I mean, and I think, you know, I, I think it's just going to be an interesting, the optics of it are going to be really interesting, especially with those greens. Uh, but, you know, outside of that, we're pretty straightforward here, right? I mean, it's a par 71, 7,400 and change. So, you know, it's you, you want to be, I guess, a little bit long. And, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong here, but, you know, it's pretty the rough is pretty penal here. We've got some, you know, tree line fairways for the most part. So outside of that, is there anything, you know, we need to be considering when it comes to kind of like analyzing this course? Uh, I, Greg, do you have, I, I have something that's going to derail us. So if you have something real, you should go now. Um, so I've done a little, all right, I'll go quickly. Um, I've done a little looking around at the golf course. I can't wait to be derailed by the way, but the, the, um, the reading that I've done hasn't had the same kind of descriptions that we normally get here where it's going to favor X, Y, and Z. Um, but I was able to watch some videos and flyovers of the holes and get that kind of voiceover description. The thing I would know the the biggest thing that I notice is um, the angles of the greens. So the greens are all set at some sort of angle where the farther right you go, the longer it gets to carry the front edge. The farther left you go, the farther kind of like the um, the 12th hole at Augusta National, that similar concept. Um, So that has a tendency of benefiting guys who have really high apexes, depending on the um, firmness or softness of the golf course I, I i heard an interest i think there was a language barrier thing here because i heard the superintendent talking about how it changes and he said that at least the translation we got was when it's soft or when it's dry it's soft and it gets heavy and firm when it rains so i feel like that's that's backwards i don't think you're going to see the ball bounce more he's either talking about the soil underneath getting like thicker and or, or it was just something was lost in translation. So it's hard to take anything from that. But the angles, <laughs> the angled greens definitely <laughs> play a role. I just don't know how firm the greens are going to be. At some point. Uh, the only thing I was going to mention is a couple of things. There's two courses here. There's an east course and the west course. They're going to use the east course. Hideki Matsuyama, not only uh, our reigning Masters champion, coming from the host country, but has won twice on the West course here, he won the 2009 Japan junior and the 2010 Asia Pacific amateur. I believe the latter one was the one that got him into the 2011 masters. So just, you know, fun little nuggets to share. It's Olympics week. There's a lot going on. 
It's not nothing, you know. It's not nothing. It's a different uh, golf course, but you know, this is the guy. He's the Hideki Matsuyama is the guy here. He's the guy to beat. We'll see what happens. It's a lot of pressure. Probably means he won't win gold, but um, I can't wait to see what he does. According to odds makers, the guy was John Rom. I woke up uh, Sunday morning, checked my phone, and saw that John Rom had tested positive for COVID and has withdrawn. Uh, and just hours earlier, uh, Saturday evening, we learned that Bryson DeChambeau, same thing, positive test, and has been replaced by Patrick Reed. As of this moment, uh, the Spanish uh, Golf Federation has not replaced John Rom. I had heard rumors that Jorge Campillo was trying to get over there, but right now we've got 59 golfers. And Sia, this really changed the entire complexion of the field. Uh, it, it came out, it, the, the news came out before you know DFS pricing dropped, which is good, but it now essentially asserts Colin Morikawa, the Open champion, as the favorite to win this gold medal yeah and uh, i guess this is his first olympics but he wins everything the first time as it is so i mean i it completely makes sense that colin morikawa was the favorite here i mean he's just playing better than some of these kind of bigger names if you will the justin Thomases, the roy mcelroy's of the world even the hideki matsuyamas so i mean xander is obviously in that conversation but i see no problem with colin being the, the shortest number out here Lining up after uh, after Morikawa is Xander, which I think is hilarious. Z I mean, listen, I love Xander. The guy who doesn't win has, is the second shortest odds to win this. I guess it's a no-cut thing, Greg. Uh, but because the, the next two guys, Xander and JT, they're like your no-cut specialist. They're the guys who fire up at all these, you know, WGC and all these one-off events. And and they've played well in Asia before, yeah. for whatever that's worth. Uh, Xander Shoffley won the – didn't he win the HSBC? W, um, I think he, he hunted down Tony Correct. Finau and yes. won over there. Um, Justin Thomas has won the CJ Cup twice. Uh, I was going to say twice. I believe it is twice, yeah. I think he won that twice. So he's, he's won and not not in Korea, in South Korea. So um, they've, they've had success in Asia. They've had success – uh, in no cut events as well. So it, it does make sense. It, um, the, the Americans are piling in. Where's Patrick Reed on the list? He's got it. He's still uh, got to be up there. Yeah, I have him at like 14 to one right now. Uh, Bryson was, if I remember correctly, was 18 to one. Rom was about five to one. So it, it was a pretty seismic shift. Uh, basically, everybody in the top 10 or 12 had their odds shortened when when obviously when those two guys uh, got bounced. Right, which makes a lot of sense. It, it, in, in, a, in a way, it makes the event, um, it makes it really interesting because I don't know. There, there was a thought that, hey, okay, John Rahm is the guy. Bryson, his first time on a golf course like this, will definitely have a, um, an advantage going in without them. I think it opens things up a little bit. A, a Xander, a JT, they're a little more unpredictable, but still the best players and over four rounds, still likely to very likely to be in the mix. I, I think with all that Hideki Matsuyama um, from Japan, Sung JM and, um, and, and Siwoo Kim, all that they have to play for, you got to figure yeah. they're going to bring their a game as well. So I, I, and I, I think their chances just improve a little bit. So I think you're going to see some real drama um, with with that grouping. Yeah, when you when you look at this board, see a kind of a two part question: How many guys can actually win the gold medal? Because the way that the rankings work, you know, 
you can only have so many guys from every country and you start to get down into guys that are 300, 400, 500 in the official world golf ranking. So part one, how many guys actually have an opportunity or a realistic chance to win the gold medal? And then is there anybody in the top 15 or 20 that you're kind of circling heading into this event? Because at this point, I think it's wide open. Yeah, I think it's wide open. I think anybody within the 30 to one range is definitely viable to win a gold medal and, and certainly to medal in the first place. I mean, as I look down the line, I mean, I, I do like Colin. I do like Xander. Um, I think Sung J.M., I know there's a narrative and we'll talk about this more tomorrow uh, around Sung J.M., but, you know, he he does like measure out pretty good here uh, in terms of the all around game. So I, I could go as far down as Sung J.M. and probably be OK here. Pick pick a guy. Pick a guy thirty to one. Who do you like? If you have to make if you had to make one bet right now, who would it be? It would be Sung J M. Uh, okay. If if it was going if it was going to be that range, it would be Sung J M. If I if I could go maybe a little bit shorter than that, maybe a Joaquin Neiman at twenty to one. It would. Yeah, Neiman's interesting. That caught my attention too. He's twenty to one. You know, he's longer than people think. I think he's just better than people think. I think he's got the firepower. You give him four guaranteed rounds. It certainly becomes interesting. So, Greg, I kind of posed the same question to you of these call it 30 to one guys, which I think are, you know, there's a big gap on, on William Hill after, after Mark Leishman at 28 to one, it drops off to, to Guido and Garrick Higo at 45 to one. So, so William Hill kind of saying, here are the guys that have a chance. It's 21, 28 to one and shorter. Is there someone that stands out for you? Well, I think Corey Connors goes into every, and I know he's way shorter than that. So he stands out to me just on that board as a guy that um, is going to have a chance anywhere he goes because of his ball striking but if I go down the list, going um, down the list, guys that are a little bit longer, who is the highest world golf ranked player that I think could really win? I, I got to think it's it's Mito, um, right? I, I think he's I love that. I, I think he's kind of the cap and he's a guy that's had great success in the world of golf of late. He's definitely feeling very confident. Um, what he, he won twice on corn on the corn Ferry tour. Right. This year and three this season, yeah. which goes back to last year. So that's um, your battlefield promotion. And yes. all of a sudden he's a PGA Tour player and kind of on a heater. And yes. so you look at you look at that number and it's really long. I think he's the longest guy that I feel comfortable with. Um, I, that That's where that's where I'd go. The, the longest on, on my list for sure. Yeah, I love that. He's 100 to 1. So, Sia, we can kind of touch on this little narrative here because I think you have to be really careful with the way that we talk about the the two South Korean players. That's Sung J.M. at Siwoo Kim. We have talked about this in the past couple of weeks. Uh, any medal for them would mean that they would not have to go through the required military um, uh, training in, in South Korea, which essentially means they're going to miss two years of their, of their golfing career. And we were just kind of talking about this before we went hot. I think they're going to get a lot of narrative money they're going to get like hey i'm just going to auto bet sungjae i'm going to auto bet siwoo kim sungjae's 28 to 1 siwoo kim is 50 to 1 however keep in mind um there is no difference in color for them between a gold medal and a bronze medal. So if, if they're really in it uh, and they have to protect the bronze or a silver instead of going out and trying to win gold, uh, that might impact your outright bet, but it is certainly not changing the outcome for those guys. Yeah, which is why if you can find like a win place or show, obviously, like a top three or two medal, that's what you want to do with Sungjae and Siwoo Kim. I definitely think Sungjae is a lot more realistic. And and by the way, as far as that narrative is concerned, again, we can talk about this on the DFS show tomorrow too, but I mean, it's kind of a real narrative so much so that you kind of wonder 
Uh, and I don't know how the groups are going to go out on the final day, but you kind of wonder if, you know, Sung Jay is near the top and, and he's grouped with a guy that, you know, is also in metal contention. I mean, I, I don't think it's super, I, again, I'm speculating. I'm the narrative guy. I totally get it, but it's not that far fetched to assume for like at least a split second that, Hey, you know, so, somebody's going to, you know, maybe hit it in the water. So somebody else can maybe, you know, get bronze or something like that. Again, it's fun to talk about, unfortunately at these players expense, because in all likelihood, they probably don't want to serve that two years in the South Korean military. Um, with that said, it's a factor. I mean, by the way, these guys you know, dropped out of the open, right? And, and you know, and I'm presuming, and, and Rick and Greg, maybe you know this, that they probably got out here a little sooner and might be a little bit more familiar with this course. I'm assuming that I don't actually know it, but either way, they've been focused on this for quite some time. They have certainly yeah. turned their attention to the Olympics a lot sooner than the rest of the field. Okay, Greg, you get uh, our closing thoughts here. We've got uh, Captain America lacing them up for Team USA. We've got a golf course that uh, should play really great, should test these golfers. And even without John Rahm and Bryson DeChambeau, there's a lot of interesting storylines. Closing thoughts on how this Olympics could shape up. Uh, well, let's hope that everything goes smoothly. And we don't have, you know, off the golf course narratives that um, in a negative landscape. So that's one thing. Second thing, no cut event, small field, half the field you probably you probably haven't heard of. It's okay. easy to look at that and say this is a weak field or so because it's a weak field, it's not going to turn out to be a great tournament. But as we know, in no cut four round events, uh, the cream always seems to rise to the top. So I am predicting um, a great finish here on the PGA uh, in the Olympics with some guys you're familiar with on the PGA tour. I think they're going to show up to play um, and, and I think they're going to give it a great run. So I am very excited to see what happens. Very excited to see how it all turns out. Yeah. And sorry, see, I got no, I was going to jump in because Greg, you you mentioned Mito Pereira and seven birdies his final his final day at the 3M Open. So this guy yeah. is primed and ready. That's it's interesting that you just mentioned him. Yeah, um, I mean, I wish he wasn't. In a way, I wish he wasn't playing. It probably means he's not going to have a lot of uh, practice around time with the protocols and everything. But that being said, I love his confidence right now. Yeah, you could argue that the news of Bryson and Rom um, not playing. It's it's a little bit sour, but it is not going to matter Sunday evening or Sunday morning for us or whatever when someone is donning a gold medal on the podium. It's it's not going to matter. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a lot of fun. They're going to be battling it out uh, for pride, and uh, we'll be around to cover it. Full DFS uh, preview on Monday, mega preview pod on Tuesday, and then... I don't know, Jacob, we'll have to tweet out the content schedule. I'm not sure what it is. The time zones are all wacky this week, so keep an eye out for all of that. Let me thank producer Jacob, does all the hard work behind the scenes. That right there is Sia Najad. You can find him on Twitter at Sia Najad. Greg Ducharme, you can find at The Real GFD, and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been The First Cut, and we'll catch you next time.